0: I just think he's full of SH1T at times. It's like, you know, quoting Kipling to players doesn't work. Rudyard Kipling, probably Mr Kipling would have been better.
1: OTV AM, live, weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTV Sports app.
2: The News Round on Off The Ball. With Gillette, for an effortless finish to your day. New Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. This is News Talk.
0: Now then, you're welcome along to the show. It's Joe Malloy with you this evening. So horrific events in Texas, as we've just been hearing about again. Steve Kerr of the Golden State Warriors has, uh, not surprisingly in some respects, become one of the most prominent voices on this issue in the past 24 hours. John Gonzalez of The Ringer is going to join us around half past seven to uh, chat through all uh, aspects of this rather dreadful story. Uh, European Cup final on Saturday. Keith Wood. Liam Toland with us after eight o'clock to preview. We will be talking to Amy Broadhurst and Lisa O'Rourke, our uh, two new world champions in boxing. They joined very select company in Kelly Harrington, Katie Taylor, and Michael Conlon as world champions. That is it, just the five of them now. And also on the football show, well, it was probably around this time 20 years ago Tommy Gorman must have been a bit nervous because he was prepping for an interview which uh, he knew would have been watched by the whole country with uh, razor-like attention. So Tommy Gorman is going to join us 20 years on from his interview with Roy Keane. Really looking forward to that conversation with Tommy uh, just after nine o'clock. I have not seen this interview in, well, precisely 20 years so um, I'm looking forward to getting his memories of it we'll play you some of the more memorable moments 53106 the text number we're at off the ball on Twitter Carl is here in the studio Call. how you doing? Hi Joe Arthur D., uh with us as well Arthur hello How are you? I'm very well so uh, Tommy Gorman you were on to Tommy to book him for this piece after 9 o'clock I meant to watch the interview earlier in the day uh, but just other things conspired. So I'll, I'll find the time at some stage in the gaps here between the show as we build up to nine o'clock. But uh, what, all I did see was the Brian Dobson interview. <laughs> I mean, if it was Watergate, he couldn't have brought any more gravity to it. It was <laughs> heavy. It was, uh, I mean, it was It was a very, very serious introduction. I mean, and, and, and you know, uh, rightly so under the circumstances, as we thought. And uh, then 35 minutes, the full interview is up on... YouTube. I don't know. Have you glanced back at it any time recently?
1: Much like yourself, no, I do. So I was like everyone else, I was eleven at the time. But I distinctly—that's re- not like
0: everyone else. No, not like everyone else. Yeah. But like, like
1: everyone else, I'm thinking back to us when I was at the time. Yeah. But I and I distinctly recall the the seriousness or the gravitas around this being on. Was it was it on the six one news or was it just after like six one? That, I just remember that being must have been the whole six one actually 35 minutes which is kind of just incredible in and of itself it's just but I do this. it was funny even then kind of because I mean yeah it, As there was a few big events around that time but something about that was just very seismic the way it kind of engulfed everything mm. but um, I, I can't wait to hear what he has to say about it because it's just it's so funny I'd love to know even from his own perspective because there's he's been involved in so many big things first hand there and you know synonymous with all these things in modern Irish history and I'd love to know it must be what he gets asked most about Mm. and like just because it's a whole new ball game you're opened up to Mm. so I can't wait I can't wait to hear what he has to say First question why were you doing it? Well there's that like I imagine because he was there for a start so he probably wasn't Uh, out in I think
2: was there something that they had hung around Manchester waiting for Keane and a lot of the other journalists had gone and that it, it happened that way. But obviously he was going to speak to RT if it was going to happen in terms of address because he gave an interview to one of the English papers, I think. And yeah. Obviously he had to get across to an Irish audience as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean... It's like Tommy was getting daggers in the RT canteen for years afterwards. <laughs> but the, the pressure that was on Tommy Gorman's shoulders as well in that <laughs> he was probably trying to sway him. Could you... Any chance he could go back? You know, that sort of a way?
0: See, I don't remember much of it. I remember at the time... And I'll watch it in, in the interim, so mm-hmm. I'm a, a, a far um, better memory of it come nine o'clock. But I certainly remember at the time feeling Keane hadn't done enough to mend bridges. And certainly the sense was that, uh, and I know this from Niall Quinn's autobiography, predominantly that certainly over in Saipan, they were waiting to hear had enough been done to mend mm-hmm. bridges. And the sense was enough hadn't been done. There hadn't been a clear apology. And, you know, Niall Quinn would talk about talking to different people and some people were saying, oh, look, he didn't say sorry, but he looked sorry. You know, <laughs> this was the level of desperation yeah. to try and uh, make things right again. But I will be curious even to ask Tommy uh, when he's on with us after nine o'clock, uh, what was your approach? Were you trying to massage as you can in a kind of interview keen into an apology? You know, you can you can walk someone into that territory or were you just going uh, completely forgetting any um, uh, consequence of the interview and just trying to extract where he was? Because I do, everyone does remember. Think of the children. Mm. <laughs> now that's not the direct quote, but you know what also, I mean. Yeah, everyone and also does remember the line, line
2: where he says, "This is hurting you," and you can see Roy answers him back, and he's nearly in tears. Obviously, it is like. Did you think he was in tears? I think he was pretty close. I thought he was quite emotional. I remember him being rock solid. You thought. Yeah, under the circumstances. Yeah, considering, yeah, I thought he, I thought by Roy Keane standards he was quite. Mary, he was quite touched by it all. I mean, you would have to be the yeah, level of would. pressure he was under in that he moment. Would. It's just it's it's amazing to think back. But look, my memory might be about uh, slightly warped of it as well. But just reading some of the stuff in the last few days, I think the crew in Saipan thought that he was going to apologise mm, and I they were expecting right. it. Yeah, I think that's right. And that would set in in turn the motion. The his return would, would would both sides away back in I guess and it didn't didn't quite materialise no it sure
0: didn't there were the rumours of
2: the government jets waiting the, the, the theatrics runaway. around
0: it are incredible
1: yeah and like it uh, I think it's only added to it as well because it is so far away I approached
0: this week contemplating taking it off it's that bad Saipan okay and then I found myself hoovering up a lot of it yeah Jason McIntyre the other morning with David Connolly and yeah. Jaron was Exceptionally interesting. <laughs> it's room 101. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. But then he also apologised.
1: Yeah. I I, like, I don't know. I wonder from these lads' perspective as well, like when... So Keane's a teammate, Keane's everything else. Yeah. He's this larger-than-life figure. I Like, it's interesting even... It's even more interesting now because, like, for us, he's always kind of been this, I guess, for the last 25 years. But it's interesting now that it's taken on that extra dimension that he's now the same sort of thing seemingly in the UK. That he's easy. That he's he got this. This this is just expanding out. He's he's bigger than ever. Yeah, they don't seem all that interested so in Saipan though. This week, no, they're well not, not, they not. They're not. They're the not. Much. <laughs> I don't think so. Mm. But I, look, I don't know. I. It's just. It is just some sort of fruitless thing we're locked in, though, isn't it? It's, it's going nowhere. Nothing's going to. Nothing ever going to come out of it. Though we're never going to get any solution. We're just going to perpetually going
0: over and back within it. We're at a point though now. Maybe I'm in a minority where. It doesn't bother anyone that much anymore, does it? No, well it shouldn't well, bother anyone. Yeah, I think so. You, you can have Tommy Gorman on and just uh, talk about this in a,
2: in a more like uh, slightly nostalgic air as opposed to, grave consequences. What struck me, and I was quite young at the time, so it didn't quite register at that time, but the loss of a player of of Keane's caliber, yeah. the difference that he would have made, for example, in that Spain game in the last sixteen, where we. Ireland miss a penalty in yeah. regular time. Yeah. Ian Hart misses a penalty, then we lose on, on a shootout. Yeah. Had Keane been there, you would like to think we win that match.
0: I think that's fair. Yeah.
2: And then it's South Korea, I think, in the quarterfinals. Yeah. If memory serves. Now, their You're passage
0: through so it was definitely rigged, but uh, <laughs> yeah, you'd, again, you'd fancy yeah. your chances. So yeah. definitely reflecting it's on a, it, it's obviously a joke.
2: <laughs> yeah. Just in case, I don't know. FIFA <laughs> want to sue. FIFA have the cheek to sue us at this stage. But reflecting on it in purely football terms. If you put possibly one of the best players in the world, definitely one of the best players in the world at that time into that Ireland team that was still was pretty good besides, where do we go from there? Oh, well, now you're making me feel bad about it again. I just said we were
0: over. Yeah, we're you're, <laughs> sorry, Lance. Don't bring up that aspect. <laughs> no one needs to dwell on that point. Yeah. But the I, best part of the interview was Apres Match putting out a spoof of Tommy interviewing Dunphy after <laughs> he was suspended for his tired and emotional <laughs> <Did they? laughs> that popped uh, up to that. haven't clicked on it yet can we get a clip of that and play it to Tommy Mick okay yeah we'll do that <laughs> we'll do that I mean the other thing that remembers oh someone said it someone said it I can still uh, see everything about that interview without ever watching it back the plant and the Roy Keane the double plant. t-shirt yeah. look Yeah, the, double, the green t-shirt with the white collar yeah <laughs> That green, that's that's embedded
1: in there, that that's image. That's a statement. That's, yeah. That's a statement. He wore green. He wore green. I, yeah. <laughs> it's just, I still laugh from this perspective, from Tommy Gorman's perspective. Like, you're like, he's there doing Good Friday Agreement. There <laughs> yeah, yeah. with the holly. in 1990, like when the EU presidency comes yeah. around, all these landmark moments. Yeah, yeah. It's like, no, 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 Tommy, Tommy. They turned around to him and said,
0: Tommy, you're finally ready for yeah. this. <laughs> you're ready for the big stuff.
1: I'd be interested to know, because I presume, I'm only assuming, just because of his like longevity and his own career, that he has at times interviewed plenty of world guess, leaders. Yeah. So, Hearn certainly, I'm presuming Blair yeah. at different points. It'd be fascinating to know how the, it compared. How it compared. Mm. It's just, it, but it's, it's just it goes to show as well how much how what elemental things football particularly just touches into. The, mm. like, I imagine, it blows it out of the water. Like, he must have been. What would have been the kind of comparative thing if you had Twitter at the time? oh my god that would have been insane like can you imagine yeah.
0: what his life would have become even just as a part of this hmm. I remember watching this interview in the stables bar is that right in UL stables bar oh, I don't know everyone gathered around to watch it exams were over and we were heading away on J1s it was huge capital letters uh, what was the uh, what about the fans Roy line? was that from the interview or from Apri Match I think the think of the children was actually in the interview I think it definitely was, yeah. Like, he didn't say, he sorry, I'm doing Tommy <laughs> a disservice. He didn't say, well, nobody think of the children. But it there was, was a degree of, yeah. let's just mm-hmm. acknowledge for a moment the gravity of your decision to walk away. There are children here are looking forward to the World Cup. The whole country's th- talking about this. That was the point. Somebody says, Arroyo ah, Roy, was definitely emotional. It's hurting you, this. Was such brilliant interviewing. No real question. No extra words. Got to the heart of it. Yeah. Yeah, That's Class. Clear.
2: Yeah, I remember at the time I turned eight at the end of the summer and my birthday present, there's a fantastic uh, video brought out by, I don't know, it must have been RT or someone that had a, like mixed in the interview and the different matches from the World Cup as well. I must have watched it about a million times, <laughs> but I feel like I was there. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember memorising the commentary to Matt Holland's goal against Cameroon. Is this the feeder montage? Yes, I think it is.
0: And they take a break in the middle and... Yes, and there's a song after every match. Jim Beglin Maloko's says... on it as There's well. an injury and, 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 and they cut out the music and Beglin says, oh, it's the big toe area, he's injured. Yeah, and there's, there's a close-up of a that rings big toe a bell. being treated. That rings a bell. They used to play that for years afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm a night owl. So <laughs> I'd be sitting there at two in the morning, three in the morning, pre-Twitter, like in 2005. Yeah. And this would come on. <laughs> and I think... Am I hallucinating? Or yeah. <laughs> I couldn't check with anyone, obviously, if this yeah, was on. But yeah. I think they kept playing that montage forever. Yeah. For a good while afterwards. Yeah. I watched that video millions of times. Feeder. A soft feeder supporting the stereophonics it's a different era Arthur you wouldn't understand it's a different time Where was that? it's a different time the point <laughs> Okay. naturally uh, we have to press on then so the news round
2: it's brought to you with Gillette Labs for an effortless finish to your day call you're starting with Stephen Kenny he was talking today to the media yeah that's right the Ireland squad announced ahead of the Nations League games uh, next month and Michael Obafemi is back in the Republic of Ireland squad the Swansea striker won his only cap in 2018 but he's included on the back of impressive form at club level defender Cyrus Christie also returns while two players received their first senior call-ups, 19-year-old Festy Ebaselli, who leaves Derby County for Udinese this summer, and Blackpool winners, winger CJ Hamilton have both been included. Spurs Matt Doherty is ruled out through injury. Arnold, of course, play Armenia, Scotland and Ukraine next month. They start away to Armenia on Saturday weekend. Speaking about Obafemi's return, manager Stephen Kenny said that he has watched his form with interest.
3: Yeah, I've been to Swansea a few times, obviously, because we have Michael Abafemi there and Sardis Christie and Ryan Manning um, playing together, and it's the first time in his career, Michael, that he's had consecutive, a run of consecutive games, and it's very hard for, for young players in the Premier League to get that. Uh, just the standards so high, and squads are so big, so they move to Swansea, which is a great club and uh, a great platform to really do well in in the Championship, and you can see you can see really. The improvement in his play, I've seen, th- I've seen him do aspects of his play that I hadn't seen previously with Swansea. His whole of play has really come on well and he's uh, shown great football intelligence, aligned to the speed that he's, he's got, the natural speed he's got. So the performance I've seen recently for Swansea are better than I've ever seen from him. So um, his rate of improvement has been very high and um, obviously 12, doesn't take penalties and he scored 12 goals in 16 games, so he's done very well.
0: Yeah, very positive. Now, live football this evening. Jose Mourinho
2: poised to retake his rightful place. Yeah, the first Europa Conference League final takes place this evening in Albania. Serie A club Roma with Jose Mourinho at the helm, of course. Take on Feyenoord of the Dutch top flight. Kickoff for that game is at 8 o'clock and Mourinho, of course, can extend his perfect record in European Cup finals if he leads Roma to success. The Portuguese won all four of his major European showpieces to date, but has been keen to emphasise it's not about him as he distanced himself from the nickname, nickname, the special one.
3: Players, myself, staff, everyone is our moment. is not the moment of, of an individual. And as I was saying, there is nothing special to be done. It's just us to be us.
0: Has the Europa Conference League caught anyone's eye over the last couple of months?
2: Yeah, I think, I think it has. Especially the semi-finals, kind of. Well, if you look at Mourinho's reaction after the semi-final, I mean, it was like the biggest thing that had ever happened to him. Um, yeah, he was in tears. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah, so. He seems... It's very hard with him, though, because it's
1: very hard to know what's true and what's not. Yeah. But, like, he seems, for all intents and purposes, to have found some sort of a home there. I Like, I don't know, though. You know what I mean? Like, it could drop and... He could leave any time he wants,
0: and he, all of a sudden it's all over and it goes up in flames. I think the tears are purely performative. He can just put them on and off. <laughs> I think it means a lot to him to be doing well again, because I'm sure his confidence yeah. is shaken. But there is a degree of... The theatrics after the semi-final win, milking it, cameras on me. Just a reminder to European football at large: I'm still a winner. I'm still competing here at the European level. Sure, it's the Europa Conference League, but look at me. He's going to win the set. now. he's going to have it all. Yeah, the only manager
1: to do so. <laughs> it's not the order you'd want necessarily. Yeah, yeah, you'd rather build, wouldn't you? You'd rather <laughs> you build <were> up. Ra- <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you think, Guardiola's tears were performative?
0: No. So what's the well, what, like, so what's the difference? Why why? Well, I think Guardiola was genuinely, uh, you know, stressed to within an inch of his life, and had the disappointment of the Champions League, had almost screwed up on the final day of the season with his team selection, had had tasted defeat, was 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 like looking over the precipice as he was slumped in his seat, mm. and then the three goals go in and the final whistle goes and the fans are coming onto the pitch and I think it's like delayed shock almost it's just overwhelming whereas I think Jose is like <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> full time here we go everyone <laughs> where's he in relation to the precipice <laughs> where's Jose <laughs> nowhere near the precipice that's why the tears are like, no, there is no precipice for him he's already he's gone he's crossed the precipice he's in bonus territory here and this is a beautiful bonus uh, I, I I'm, just I'm yeah. not saying he wasn't happy to win the semi-final of I'm course just the tears the, the tears I'm not the special one anymore what well, I don't even know what to say anymore it's the rebrand yeah, yeah the rebrand it is. yeah look as he might say himself come back to me when you've won a Europa
2: Conference League yourself <laughs> and I haven't so acknowledge no. that point. Nobody has. <laughs> yeah. So Irish boxers then? Yeah, John Paul Hale is through to the last eight in the lightweight division at the Men's European Championships in Armenia. He earned a 3-2 th- victory over Finnish third seed Arsene Katayev earlier today. Featherweight admin Adam Hessian is out. He suffered a split decision defeat to Vassal Oosteroy of Belgium today and earlier th- this afternoon in the afternoon session middleweight Gabriel Dawson and flyweight Sean Murray both advanced to their respective quarterfinals.
0: Just to say, after Wednesday night rugby this evening, we are belatedly we were trying to get them earlier in the week and things didn't quite work out but we certainly wanted to get them on the show one way or another because amy broadhurst and lisa o'rourke as you saw last week uh, world champions now it was katie taylor it was kelly Harrington, it was michael conlon and now broadhurst and o'rourke have joined the list so amy broadhurst from Dundalk, lisa o'rourke from roscommon sister of Eva, obviously so don't mess with that family uh, lisa by the way, is just 20. So Emmy Brothers is 25 and been pushing for a while now. Lisa's just 20. So you think she started boxing when her sister sort of half said to her, if you want to keep foot for foot, she plays for Roscommon footballers yeah. as well. Mm. You want to keep fit, why don't you come down and do a bit of boxing? When she was 14. So six years later, she's the world champion. That's unbelievable.
1: And it's even, even I don't know whether they heard last week or whatever, and fact like she hasn't really much experience obviously to speak of in terms of no no she was turning spe- up hoping she won a fight was this her first world championships mm. I don't
0: think she's won even an elite Irish title yet I just I mean to go in six years to do that is, is quite something the uh, the other example actually I just came across it recently I was watching a Nick Faldo interview of course <laughs> And <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was a Saturday night what would you what else could I be doing <laughs> and Faldo was saying Faldo like a new one or an old one yeah, medium. Okay. <laughs> and he was, <laughs> this YouTube, you know. I'm about yeah. to watch a 20-year-old interview with Tommy Gorman and Roy Keane. No, that's fair, hours. that's fair. But Faldo was from uh, humble enough beginnings, golf very expensive, yeah, Council cancel house, had no access to golf whatsoever. Got a set of clubs, and not a full set, when he was 14, and went out in the grassy area in front of his house and just, and I can relate to this, I not no to most of the Fowler story no. but just found the, like the artistry oh, the and, and the different shots you can hit and the different lies just found himself experimenting so he did that at 14 six years later he was taking down Tom Watson in the singles of the Ryder Cup at 20 that's I, something I know nothing you about the story yeah, and, and that that was Watson yeah. in 77 who'd beaten Nicholas in at Turnberry in the, the duel of the what was the duel of this duel in the sun duel in the sun I was <laughs> in the duel of the suns Stenson Mickelson. <laughs> do you, you, know? <laughs> you, know yourself. Uh, but in six years, 14, That's and then he's taken down Watson, peak Watson. And tell me, like, is that completely the outliers? I know, it's a pr- little bit, like, Ballesteros' no sorry it's not It's, similar, it's it? not completely the outlier. Ballesteros, yeah, uh, uh, teaching himself with just a three iron. It's probably the reason he was so good, because he had to get loft on a three iron yeah. out of yeah. sand. But there's, there's loads of examples, amazing examples. Uh, Mick, you can double check it out there, but I think um, Larry Nelson, Uh, took up golf in his early 20s after being in Vietnam to help with the stress of it all and I think he had broken par within three or four months right and went on to win majors right and took so took it up in his 20s to just, you know, I think uh, there are courses for the armed forces around the states. I think Tiger Woods' father—that's how he was. How he, okay. how he was a member of a golf course, and so Nelson did that and then um, won majors. So taking it up in your twenties and winning majors is pretty unique. So what? Twenty-one years old. mixed just checked. He took it up at twenty-one. Now that's that doesn't really that that's completely I suppose an anomaly for any kind of sport.
1: You're yeah, just it's just. Yeah. But what? I wonder what that is. Talent. Yeah. Yeah, I know but a talent for what? Like and know it's Yeah, a forgot. <laughs> <laughs> but what particular things? Surely they could have been harnessed for anything. Swinging a globe.
0: <laughs> Puts. in putts. Uh what particular things? I don't know. It's just uh What do you mean? <laughs> well I mean
1: like so if he'd taken up Tennis. Hockey, tennis, whatever. Is Unlikely. it just I just wonder I I'm kind of it's I we're probably getting into that tough enough um or heavy scientific yeah. thing there. Well, you probably
2: have certain traits that are suited to the sports you've taken up. Yeah. You obviously had a propensity yeah. for it, but like hell of a propensity. Like,
1: well, that's, yeah, like oh, it, it's from 21 to world class. Yeah. <laughs> like, it just doesn't, it doesn't really happen
0: mm. at all. It feels like some, a Malcolm Gladwell chapter, doesn't yeah, it? it that's yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking of. Um, but anyway, Lisa O'Rourke took a boxing in at 14, world champion at 20. She's going to join us as will
2: Amy Broadhurst. And that's coming up after Wednesday Night Rugby, maybe about 20 to 9 or so. And um, We'll go to the French Open next. World number 1 Novak Djokovic is through to the third round. The Serb beat Alex Molchan in straight sets at Roland Garros earlier today. Third seed Alexander Zverev came from two sets down to beat Argentina's Sebastian Baez. 13-time champion Rafa Nadals plays Corentin Moutet of France this evening. Maria Sakari, the Greek fourth seed, is out of the women's singles. She suffered defeat to Carolina Makova earlier today. And Emma Raducanu lost her second round match in three sets to Alexandra Sasnovich.
0: There's a few texts in. Keane obviously in this interview said, "Take me back" with incredulity. Did he? As in, so did uh, Mick's nodding So presumably it was put to him, take "Would you go back, back? If, if the team were willing to take you back?" Kind of a thing. Okay, and then he starts saying, "Take me back, take, <laughs> take me, me back, back. <laughs> take me back." Someone says, "Lads, reel in the year's greatest moment." Somebody else says, "Putting on my best Cork accent, take me back." <laughs> Top TV also. Apre match don't get enough credit for how quickly they would turn around the sketches literally ripping the proverbial five minutes after the panel had finished amazing since the texture I mean Apre match it was was unrivaled truly
1: genius yeah and one of those complete again it's one of those probably one of those things that happens in some form or other in a lot of countries but by the same token probably isn't done nearly half as well in any it's just one of those things that's kind of complete it's completely unique kind of natural thing that sprouted up out of somewhere but where and just
2: else would you get uh match taken over the third and fourth place playoff I, know, I mean that that's just <laughs> that's just world class how many of us turned <laughs> off when so the impressive. match started yeah, yeah. i set my it's alarm for 46 yeah. minutes time I mean that's that a stroke of genius yeah just
0: unbelievable what an amazing uh, quirk as well that like uh, probably the most vivid sports panel Punditry panel yeah. in the history of television, let alone just Ireland, happened to coincide with that very much. So it's like it, your geniuses, your geniuses, you get to feed off each other, yeah. and we get to watch this for twenty years. Yeah, <laughs> just
1: taking it. Yeah, where do you go with like that's kind of their own parodyable in certain way that panel. Like, and they're such strong four, such strong oh, characters. Amazing. Like, yeah. imagine when we're in a room where John Giles could be seen as the chick, the quiet one. Yeah. No. it's <laughs>
0: Uh, you couldn't. There's, there's no superlative for every match that you could. Oh, no, no. Well that would be that going again. too far. You know, and and they would. They, so often, they would react. Not so often, but on occasion, they would react to what had just happened.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's they just could, they do it live some nights for sure. Oh, you know, okay. and it's when they see when the crack, when the smiles are cracking and everything like, and it's just. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. What the ones? Even where they
0: overdub the lads in oh, the
1: studio.
0: Yeah. Quality. <laughs> yes. Quality. Oh, man. And even some of the stuff which I, you know, like, I don't know if um, the Joe Duffy's was everyone's cup of tea, but jeez, <laughs> there was a DVD one year and the Joe Duffy's featured prominently. Do, do, do you know what that one is? Really? The three of them addressed up was Joe Duffy. Oh, I remember Mick talking about this. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> yeah. The three of them addressed up was Joe Duffy and they'd be sitting beside each other and Every anecdote would start with. There was a woman there who called into the show. She's from from Clontarf. <laughs> she was always from Clontarf, you know. And yeah, uh, Clontarf thing rings about. And uh, he would always he would tell the other yeah. two the story. They'd say, "As Joe Duffy," and he'd be like, "Oh." And she had a cat, you know, and the cat used to talk to her. He talked to her, and they just keep <laughs> <laughs> going. Ah, <laughs> oh, dear.
1: One distinctly sticks in my mind. <laughs> Good times, all the time, and I just remember it was one of those things where it was. I think it was shortly after. Pat Kenny had joined News Talk where whatever the show where a correspondent at 12 o'clock where he just stopped where the Angelus would have played. <laughs> <laughs> he just goes and whatever the frenzied thing coming from the booth <laughs> just I don't know why it just stuck with me. Yeah. It's just incredible. So perceptive. If you're just tuning in by
0: the way sorry how we got onto all this <laughs> is at 9 o'clock we're going to talk to Tommy Gorman who 20 years ago was uh, on the cusp of interviewing Roy Keane. I suspect feeling pretty nervous about this time 20 years ago. Carl, do you want to give us a very last quick story?
2: Yeah, uh, Liverpool former Mo Salah says he'll still be at Liverpool next season but isn't thinking about his contract after until this weekend's uh, Champions League final against Real Madrid with just a year remaining on his current deal. Chairman Tom Verna says uh, he has a desire to keep the joint Premier League Golden Boot winner at the club. Salah says, though, he's not being selfish with such a big game ahead.
0: In my mind, I, I don't focus about the contract at the moment. It's, uh, I don't want to be selfish at all. I, I even said about that like uh, two months ago or one month ago. It's, it's about the team now. It's a really important week for us, uh, I can say. Um, I'm just focused with the team. I want to, I want to win
3: the Champions League again. I want to see Handel having the trophy again in his hand and hopefully give it to me after. <laughs> um, I'm just focused with the team, really. I don't want to talk about
0: the contract now because it's like... We have a long time. I'm staying next season for sure. (laughs) That's clear. Uh, I'm staying next season, so... uh, Let's see after that.
2: And Jurgen Klopp with Santiago well he was going to train today uh, that he's in surprisingly good shape with an Achilles problem of course he was taken off at the weekend as well so he was due to train today so could well come into the mix and Fabinho was understood to be back in some sort of light training today as well so they could be in the mix for the weekend Okay very good I just see a
0: text in at the heart of that panel was Bill O'Hurley gone seven years today Yeah Oh wow Wow seven years Sadly missed The Master Ah yeah The Master Unbelievable I can still remember doing the piece seven years ago today we certainly had Gary O'Toole on and he was fantastic. That's a great idea. He was brilliant. And I think Giles was on, as you might imagine. And I think Declan Lynch from the Sunday Independent was on and Declan was just making the point. Weren't we lucky that when the Irish team were so good, we also had Bill, who was so good. Like again, this yeah, uh, that's something, all kind of something in the ether, all yeah. yeah. Soonas was on as well. That's right. Yeah, soonest came on as well, actually, that day. Seven years ago today, wow. You're so remarkably gifted. Yeah. Unparalleled, yeah. Fellas, we are out of time. Carl, thank you. Thanks, Joe. Arthur, thanks very much. No, but it all.